Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for listening. SMU has had a flurry of activity in the transfer portal, and we wanted to go ahead and knock out a lengthy pod for you guys talking about the new additions for Rhett Lashley's program. And look, I mean, whether it was offense, defense, position of need, maybe getting a little bit of uh, help at the wide receiver position, SMU has knocked it out of the park as of late with the transfer portal, and they might not be done. So let's lead off with the biggest news, which I, I think was the the duo of wide receiver transfers for SMU. They add Mississippi State transfer wideout Teddy Knox. They add Texas wide receiver tran- transfer Kelvante Dixon uh, in the past week. Teddy really got things going, and I knew Teddy. He was in Baton Rouge. Uh, going to Southern Lab and transferred to the Woodlands for the last, I believe, couple years of his high school career. One of the fastest players in the country in that 2021 signing class. Didn't really get any opportunities at Mississippi State, but had a nice kick return uh, in the one game he did see action in for the Bulldogs. Played in, or, or excuse me, in the one game he recorded a statistic in. Played in three games as a true freshman. He redshirted. He entered the portal in time to be immediately eligible this year, and that's exactly what he'll be for the Mustangs. He'll have four years left to play. He was uh, the number 264 overall prospect, number 39 wide receiver, and number 41 prospect in Texas, according to the on three consensus for that 2021 class. I mean, SMU needed to add some speed. I mean, you look at that wide receiver room, losing Danny Gray, losing Reggie Robertson, uh, and they certainly got that in Teddy Knox. Uh, while he might be in that you know, 5'10 range, he's got that elite track speed. Uh, he's put it down in the 100 meter uh, and in the 40. So SMU gets a real burner uh, to kind of co- uh, complement um, Jake Bailey, who's going to be in the slot a little bit, the Rice transfer who announced his decision earlier this spring. But then they add Kelvante Dixon, a former Carthage High standout out of East Texas, Played in 15 games over the past two years for the Longhorns. Only had three catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. But again, this is somebody that has showed the ability to have just solid speed. You know, he, I believe his PR in the 100 is around that 10-7-1 range. I think it was wind-aided. Um, but uh, does have that solid speed and somebody that SMU feels like can be a big boost on the outside uh, six foot, 182 pound wide receiver with three years of eligibility, and somebody that SMU had to battle and fend off Auburn, fend off Texas Tech, uh, who were looking for help, and he just never was able to break through uh, into the top part of the rotation for the Longhorns. Uh, they had guys like Xavier Worthy um, and um, uh, oh gosh, uh, his name's escaping me. Might might come to me at some point, um, but. Uh, wasn't able to kind of break through those guys, uh, Jordan 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 Whittington, um, and kind of break through that group of uh, of players to to really be a starter for the Longhorns, uh, and was kind of a guy they looked at was might have a chance to break out this spring. Didn't happen, and so he entered the portal, and SMU was there to scoop him right up. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be pretty special at SMU, uh, kind of you know dropping down a level so to speak. Uh, same with Teddy Knox. I think those two guys just have the the ability to make plays 
And if they pick up the offense, they should factor in right away. I mean, you look at that receiving core now, and SMU has Rasheed Rice returning. Uh, they've got guys like Dylan Goffney. That, uh, they, they've got Bo Corrales. Um, they, they have Roderick Daniels. They have Austin Upshaw. They have a lot of guys who have kind of been around. And so it's now a position that's fair, really deep, I would say. Um, you know, towards the end of spring, you were looking at it and you were saying, wow, they're really going to have to make sure. And then on top of that, Jordan Curley, of course, uh, in the mix there as well. But they they were, they were a group that when you left the spring that you you said they've got to stay healthy. Well, now they've got a little bit of depth. They got a big boost of speed. Uh, and that's got to make SMU feel good about where that room stands with those two additions. As we told you guys on theponyexpress.com, Josh Moore not coming to SMU. Uh, our, our buddy Joe Hoyt uh, put that out in the public on uh, on Tuesday. Um, so that is out there. But of course, if you've been on the board, you've been a subscriber, uh, you've known that for a couple months now. So um, maybe a month or so, but a couple months, I think. So SMU gets a huge boost at the wide receiver position. And that was it offensively. Uh, for the Mustangs and really I mean that that's all they really needed I, I think they're still going to look for the offensive line uh, they're always kind of looking at that position I will say the portal options are not great so uh, keep an eye on that we will see if there is another wave of transfers that comes when the NCAA approves uh, the removal of a signing class limit I think we could see some colleges maybe cut some players and you know for whatever reason they'll have to enter the portal can SMU find somebody to at least shore up the offensive line whether it be somebody who's, who's a grad transfer who's not going to play uh at you know or, or might be overtaken by by a younger guy at a bigger school um for or for whatever reason um but SMU is, is at least mining the portal looking for offensive line help but what they did get was a lot of help on the defensive side of things and let's lead off with we go from four-star prospects to underrated Mike Sanjo Njiki out of uh, Navarro College, somebody that, uh, to just talking with a lot of sources, they feel like it's going to be the steal of, of, of maybe this, this hall of transfers. Uh, he's a JUCO transfer. He has uh, four years to play three after playing as a freshman at Navarro, and he'll arrive this summer. Uh, he picked up the offer, and, and he kind of fell into SMU's lap. You know, he's he was starting to pick up some steam a little bit. He had some lower offers, um, but... There were colleges um, on the on the big side of things that um, will be or, or were going to really start to circle him if he was going to play that sophomore season at Navarro, um, and that's kind of how SMU got him. Uh, they they were you know in contact with some other coaching staffs that weren't able to take him, and you know got alerted to it, and um, you know they 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 made the move and and got him on board really quickly. So a lot of people are high on on his ability to move around. Uh, 40 total tackle, tackles, three and a half sacks, a tackle for loss, and he blocked a field goal in his one season um, coming out of uh, uh, Timber Creek High, uh, just uh, a little bit away from SMU. So that's the underrated piece. Now David Abiara, a former four-star prospect out of Mansfield Legacy, commits to SMU, another Texas transfer, uh, and we'll cover one more here in a minute. But he has four years of eligibility remaining after not playing in the 2021 season. He signed with the Horns as a uh, late signee. Uh, he ran into a little bit of legal issues, kind of got through those. Um, Notre Dame, Oklahoma were involved with him as a recruit. Uh, Calvin Thibodeau knows him very well. 
He's somebody that probably has a little bit of versatility in him. 6'4", 260 pounds is what he was listed at on the Texas roster. Now he heads to SMU. Um, talking with our inside Texas guys, they saw somebody who had buy-in that was improved. He had gotten stronger. And that explosiveness that we saw from the high school ranks when he was a four-star prospect uh, coming out of uh, Mansfield Legacy, we were starting to see that. So I think he's somebody that's going to be a factor for years to come on that defensive line. You can plug him in a little bit on the outside, maybe move him inside on some passing downs. I think that was a huge pickup for SMU. Um, David Abiara um, is one of three Longhorns to jump on board. And the final one was Texas safety Chris Adamora. Uh, Craig Nivar recruited him to Texas, and uh, he reunites with him now. And the Mustangs now get him with three years of eligibility remaining to play two. He played in 23 games with 10 starts for the Longhorns. Uh, made 10 tackles, two pass breakups, and a half sack in eight games in 2021. He's battled some injuries. He's battled some consistency issues. Now, coming back with Craig Nivar, can he kind of revitalize his career and and kind of change things and 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 get him back on track track after he was a four-star prospect coming out of Long Beach, California? Uh, he was the uh, top 200 overall prospect, top 20 safety prospect nationally. And now he'll be able to factor into that secondary that, you know, needs some help. You know, I, I think that's a position that they'll still look at, whether it be safety, whether it be cornerback. Maybe there's somebody that pops up. Uh, but Chris Adamora is one that can now factor in there, um, you know, with SMU. Having a safety group that just hasn't turned the corner. I mean, if you watched it in spring, Brian Massey's obviously a playmaker. Brandon Crosley uh, had an encouraging spring at his new spot. And then there's Chase Cromartie, who's played a lot of football, but you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, a physical player who, who you know, really has struggled in, in coverage a lot. Um, so they add Chris Adamora to that mix now. Um, and, and, you know, that creates more competition. Could we see more guys leave uh, from that group? I mean, you know, Roger Robertson, you know, was out for the spring recovering from injury. Tidy Armand didn't really do much. Um, Carl Taylor's battled, battled injuries. Uh, that's a group that, you know, needs a burst of talent. Um, and at least on paper, that's what you get in Chris Adamora. Again, can he put it all together? Can he stay healthy? That's the big key for him. As far as veterans go, SMU added another uh, to that secondary in Nick Roberts, former USF Bull who was a solid prospect coming out of uh, the state of Florida and ended up at USF. He played for ULM, though, this past season, uh, just a little bit of away in Monroe. And made 38 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, a sack, an interception, and had two pass breakups. He was a full-time starter, whether it be at ULM or USF, has played in a lot of football games. Uh, he started 25 of 31 games at free safety for the Bulls uh, and started for the Warhawks this past year. He'll have one year of eligibility remaining, and SMU needed his edge. You know, I watched him play against... LSU this year and, and he at least made his presence known uh, and, and he's somebody that I think you know if Chris Adamora you know right now you, you want to see him prove he can be healthy Nick Roberts has shown he can do that I think he's somebody you've got to circle as maybe a starter at safety and you know he's he's played at this level consistently he's, he's he knows the AAC he knows what he's getting into 
uh, going back to to the AAC to play for SMU to finish things up. Uh, I think it's a good pickup. One-year guy, fairly low risk. Uh, at worst, I mean, he's a, a solid rotational player. If you you know maybe get more out of Chase Cromarty or Brian Massey and, and uh, Brandon Crosley really emerge, um, or if Chris Adamora uh, emerges and stays healthy and, and is the player that he can be, uh, this is a this is a really solid pickup for SMU. So uh, those are the the ads in the secondary, and then finally SMU addressed the second level of the defense with Oklahoma State linebacker transfer Cameron Farrar. A Dallas skyline standout, uh, one of the better prospects in the state of Texas uh, in his 2019 signing class. He was a top 100 linebacker nationally, ended up going to Oklahoma State in three seasons, made 20 tackles, two and a half sacks. Uh, This past year, he set career highs in every category. He mostly played on special teams, though, in those 14 games. So again, somebody that I think dropping down, so to speak, to to the AAC to SMU's level could, will be a solid, solid rotational player. Maybe starts. Um, you look at Shannon Reed, Jaquandis Burns. Um, they've got Isaac Slade, Matutia in there. Uh, this is a linebacker room that now that you've added Cameron Farrar, uh, probably looks a little different. Um, I, I I really like his size. I think that's something that uh, the linebacking group. Um, with guys like Jimmy Phillips in there as well, Kiki Burns. Uh, they have really kind of retooled that group a good bit um, since uh, the spring, um, or, or should I say uh, since December uh, when they came in and addressed uh, the needs with Shannon Reed and Jaquandis Burns coming into that room. So they get Cameron Farrar. Really, really, I think he could be somebody that we see start, maybe be a rotational player. Um and either way, I think you're winning there. You know, if you can rotate between him, Jimmy Phillips, Jaquandis Burns, and Shannon Reed on top of Isaac Slade, Matutia, you're sitting in a really good spot, you know, if you're SMU. And uh, I think he's got the size to come off the edge a little bit too. And uh, just overall, just give you a good bit, um, you know, come coming from that linebacker position. So as far as what's next for SMU, uh, they are hosting a transfer right now. We've got the details of that on theponyexpress.com. They hosted another one this past weekend. Again, check out the notes we dropped on theponyexpress.com. Seven-day free trial gets you access to that. Just 10 bucks a month gets you that coverage. Um, you know, the recruiting period right now, as it stands, if guys have entered, if guys enter the portal right now, they're not necessarily going to be immediately eligible. Uh, we'll see if the NCAA makes a change if they do, in fact, take away the signing class limit. I think they're going to have to address that or do something because that changes a lot of situations for players as far as what they signed up for um, or, you know, just if they get cut and things like that. So um, it'll be still an interesting summer. SMU still has spots to go uh, from what I understand based on my conversations with some sources. I, I do think it's going to be, you know, offensive line if they can find someone I don't think they're necessarily done at corner. I think they'd love to add another defensive lineman somehow. Uh, they're just at this point, you know, playing with house money, though. I mean, after this past week, after what they did in the transfer portal around, uh, you know, the early signing period and the late signing period, they were uh, really able to to fill a lot of needs. And I think you've got to feel fairly good about this team with where it stands. And 
you know, whether it be the quarterback competition, you know, they've got some questions there, how the offensive line shakes out, um, you know, the depth on the defensive line and kind of how that all comes together. And then, of course, the corners and safeties, you know, they were still a leaky pass defense last year. Um, but I will say I was impressed at least with the, the changes that we saw out of this defense under Scott Simons in the spring. The corners did look much improved just from a coaching perspective. You know, Armani Johnson looks like he could be poised to have a strong finish to his career. We'll have to see him again kind of put that all together. But if you look at this group right now, you know, SMU, and I was talking with a couple sources about this, we'll see, we'll see if Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati can get out early. But even if they don't, I mean, SMU is 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 gonna be right in the mix for this conference championship, I think, as the calendar flips to November. And it's all you know, we've talked about this every year now. How does this team handle that? You know, last year, obviously, it was a complete mess. It was really, you know, November was a mess, you know, for all, all the years under Sonny Dykes. But this is a group that I, I think the difference that I'm seeing with how they're addressing the portal now versus how they used it in the past, and I don't want this to sound like a bad thing, but, you know, they know these guys that they're bringing in, Right. You know, Craig Nivar knows a lot of them from Texas. Um, you know, they 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 have relationships for, with them from the past, uh, for the most part, on that front. Uh, the um, same goes for, you know, a lot of these guys they brought in, and there's still a lot of Texas, a lot of Dallas guys being brought home. But I think they're adding a little bit more of an edge, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Nick Roberts is he's a bad dude. I mean, he and I mean that in the in a respectful way of his game. You know, he's not necessarily an all-conference uh difference maker at least from what he's really shown in the past, but he's got an edge to him. He's kind of got an attitude and I I think you add somebody like him, add somebody like David Abiara, you know, you're you're kind of you're kind of going with an edge like SMU's kind of been a little bit of a nice program in the past, and I, I think the the difference might be here that they're okay with adding, you know, taking a little bit of a risk for a little bit more talent. And there were rare occasions in the past when we saw that it would be X, Y, or Z. You know, it, we don't think you'd fit. Well, I mean, quite frankly, look where that got him dropping games in November. Uh, this team needed a boost of toughness. I think they got that with Bo Corrales. Uh, we saw that in the spring from him. Uh, I think they got that with Shannon Reed and, and Jaquandis Burns. Uh, they really have have, have kind of shifted the, the makeup of this team. And if it all comes together, of course, all looks good on paper. We're talking about it right now. They haven't shown it yet. So again, show me. But the ads that they've made, I, I feel like they add a little bit of an edge. They bring a little bit of something different to the table than we've seen in the past from these additions. So now, you know, SMU getting close to the summertime. They've got a couple spots. We'll see if they can fill them. Um, but uh, a lot of it will be very interesting to see how things go with the NCAA ruling and and uh, just overall um, kind of how they handle that. But we're getting close to uh, camp season as well. Official visits will start to heat up, I would think. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, SMU 
uh, is sitting here on three commitments right now. Uh, Jackson Lavender and Randy Reese, the two local wideouts, and then Brandon Maizono, uh from Frisco, the linebacker. And, and it's just kind of been quiet. They've, they've steadily had guys on campus. Uh, we'll have some updates on the site this week. Uh, we just posted an update from uh, four-star defensive back Jordan Sanford, who was on campus yet again. He just said his first official visit uh, to Northwestern, which is a little bit farther than, honestly, most people think he's going to go. But SMU's right in there in it for him. Uh, they've quietly hosted a lot of their top targets, you know, from multiple spring practices. Um, and then since spring balls ended, they've kind of had just small groups that they brought on uh, to campus. So it's really been an interesting approach. They've been patient. I don't think they've pressed. Uh, they have a board. They're working it. There are certain guys that I would say I would probably feel good about putting a pick in if I knew they were a take, or or it, I should say if they were pressing to take him take them right now. Um, but they're they're taking the patience patient approach. They always want to be flexible with the portal. Um, it'll be interesting to see what June yields for this SMU staff as far as the 2023 recruiting class goes. So. With that, wanted to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we are going to start picking this up a little bit more. I know it's kind of been spotty, but hey, you know what? All the news, planning a wedding, it is just tough to sometimes get away for these this hour or so to uh, record a pod. Uh, if you haven't checked out on theponyexpress.com, please do it. Uh, appreciate all you guys who have subscribed and spread spread the word. Feel like you guys are ahead of the game as far as who's going to jump on board, which is the goal. We want to give you the inside scoop. So uh, be sure to subscribe and spread the word. Uh, and if you do bring someone on board to subscribe, let me know and I'll uh, give you a, a, a free couple months or something for bringing somebody on board. So with that, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Please leave us a rating, leave us a review wherever you catch your podcast at and share the podcast with whoever you feel like might enjoy it. So hope you guys have a great rest of the week, and we will catch you next time.